Yeah, the other thing I was going to talk about was that, um, you know, I've started uh, working from home, being my own boss, and it's going good except for uh, the money. So I was wondering if um, maybe if I could have some from you. Um, oh, shoot, we're live. Bear with the fans, go! <laughs> Welcome to the Bear Weather Fans Podcast. This is Patrick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. We call him the Coach Bob, the steam coach co-host from coast to coast. You can boast he's burned more than most toasts. Coach Bob, how are we doing? Great. I don't know how you got through that. That was impressive. <laughs> One syllable at a time. So of course, me, I'm Patrick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Coach Bob. And we're joined, of course, by the beloved Android OB-Bot. Four to five Colin fans cannot tell the difference from the actual Edo Bradovich. Ed, how you doing? And guess what? The mushrooms keep kicking our butt. Well said, Ed. Can't say it better myself. We are joined by our first guest tonight. This is Brian. Brian, how you doing? Hey, good morning. Glad to be here. <laughs> We're glad to have you. It's an honor. So this is the last episode for the end of the preseason before the regular season starts. We had our last preseason game. Justin Fields started. It was uh, lovely. It was terrifying. It was all the things. Bob, what'd you think? Uh, yeah, it was. It was kind of what we talked about last week. Actually, I feel like we we did a nice job with this pregame prediction. I think we called the Bears W in this preseason game uh, with a huge edge in the, in the quarterback caliber from the Bears <laughs> over the Titans between um, Justin Fields and even when you're going to the right now third string Bears quarterback of a Super Bowl MVP <laughs> Nick Foles compared to um, yeah whoever the Titans had. So yeah, that was a pretty lopsided quarterback battle. Um, and yeah, I, I liked what I saw. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is uh, some fun trivia for you. Um, the Patriots just cut Cam Newton, and so they're rolling with their uh, rookie, the starter, uh, as their starting QB. So their entire QB room, their cap hit is $3.5 million. Uh, how much do you think the Bears QB room cap hit is? <laughs> I'm guessing 15. <laughs> it's more than that. It's more than that, I want to say. I want to say it's $25 million. I think you're actually exactly right, Brian. I think it's oh, 15.5 million. Well done. How about that stuff? So it feels like it should be more, but I think I think Foles' deal was a little bit front-loaded. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought Foles, you know what, and I'm probably getting him confused with, didn't we do a really nice contract for um, Glennon? <laughs> did, we, did, 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 did we pay Glennon? Fifteen million a year, right? Well, so yeah, Foles was our starter last year, and I don't know what we paid him. But I thought Dalton was ten. So then I was going rookie contract first round. I don't know what it is, but I think it's a couple million. And I was assuming we were paying Foles more than like. Two. And the Raiders are still angry about that deal, like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the Raiders. It's like. Dog on bears. <laughs> yeah, somehow we gave him Glennon for I think Khalil Mack outright. I feel like, oh no, what happened? <laughs> um, this is actually speaking of uh, news. This is uh, to the day I think the Khalil Mack trade, the third anniversary of it. Holy smokes! And uh, I think I mean it's hard to know how things would turn out, but I think the Bears came out ahead in that deal. 
Uh, I would say no doubt. Um, I remember when they traded for him, somebody asked me how many games I thought like Vegas changed our win total by adding Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. One player that's not the quarterback right? who's on the defensive side of the ball. And unless I'm misremembering because it was three years ago, uh, the win total changed by 1.6 games. <laughs> so they said Khalil Mack is worth 10% of the season yeah, as an individual on defense. That's incredible. That's wow. insane. Yeah. And he kind of did. He the first did. couple of games. Oh, interceptions. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So good. God, if you just showed a Bears fan the first half of that first game until 2018 or whatever where they went against the Packers and like, yeah, Klumak had the interception. He yeah. had the forced fumble. They yeah. killed Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. If you just showed him that first half, you'd be like, how do you think the season's going to go? Like, Super Bowl. No question. <laughs> yeah, right. Just don't watch the second half. Yeah, just, like, I don't want to talk about how that game ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what a half. <laughs> yeah. God, that was good. That's good Bears football. <laughs> Almost a good game start to finish. Absolutely. Um, OB Bow, what do you think about that game? You like it? First quarter, no touchdowns. Second quarter, no touchdowns. Third quarter, no touchdowns. Fourth quarter, no touchdowns. You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> well said, as always. <laughs> always a pleasure. Um, so, of course, if you're a fan of the show, you already know the structure. But if you're uh, not a fan, maybe a first time listener, perhaps you're listening to this um, uh, in the Library of Congress, it's some kind of historically great works uh, next to a transcript of Ed Obradovich reading Portillo's menu. Um, this is the Bear Weather Fans Podcast. The structure of the show is we have a little introduction. We talk about this week in Bears history, where we break down where we were this exact week in previous Bears seasons. Then we go through the uh, game awards. We go through the position battle for the Bears roster. And finally, we go deep, where we look at the schedule through the year. So we talked a little bit about this week. Uh, this week in Bears history, though, some notable ones. Uh, 2016. It's been five years since Robbie Gold got cut this exact week. Oh, man. I, that's been a painful five years. <laughs> yeah. Why? We've had such success at the game <laughs> position. <laughs> Especially in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks like we've got a good one, though. Yeah, yeah. That guy seems great. Um, actually, our This Week in Bears history last week was talking about the 2019 for that specific week and it was talking about how you know Natty had made that entire offseason about the kicker battle and he at that point every article I could find from that week was about the raging kicker battle with Elliot Fry and uh, Eddie Pinheiro neither of which are the kicker anymore yeah so it's like oh that was that was a good use of time okay such a waste (laughs) yeah and I mean gold gold was having a tough year that year yeah you know, what hurt real bad was that it was an anomaly, and all he did was come back and kick really well for the 49ers for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I can't wait for the this week in Bears history when we do the Robbie Gold revenge game when he kicked, like, nine points for, for the 49ers. But yes. It hurts. Mm-hmm. So that was 2016, this week in Bears history. 2018. So this is kind of weird because we have obviously 17 game schedule this season, so it's only three preseason games. So it's like, is where do you compare this to previous seasons? Eh. Um, so in 2018, since it was the last preseason game, um, the Bears sat all their starters. They said that uh, they had a phenomenal camp, and Maggie maintained that they didn't need the reps. Mitch was fine; he's ready to go. Uh, Bob, do you remember how that that first game turned out? <laughs> 
Yeah, I disagreed with that wholeheartedly <laughs> during the preseason game when it happened. And uh, they looked terrible. <laughs> they looked completely unprepared. And uh, I remember talking with my colleagues after watching that first game and being like, Ah, oh, it's interesting that we thought we didn't have to take game speed reps to be prepared for games. <laughs> so weird. That's so weird. And well, what do you know about um, coaching sports? No, I, well, at a very, very low level. <laughs> I have not coached Nagy, but um, I do think that you have to, you know, kind of get used to the pace of play. And as much as you're going to say that you do in practice, you don't. And um, yeah, I'll tell you, like at our, you know, really low level high school running level, we have a like little fake meet before our first meet just to try to simulate to the best of our ability. Yeah. Let's get out and see how this is going to go as opposed to just throwing them out there and saying, Oh no, we think they're ready. <laughs> and that's what it felt like. And uh, I also feel like if I remember from that game and I could be mixing this up cause I feel like Nagy's done this more than once. He scripted like the first 12 plays of the game and they worked really well. Yeah. And it was like exactly scripted. Like here's my move. And then they're going to see this and I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then it felt like that was where the script stopped, was 12 plays, and the rest of the game was just him going, I don't know what to do anymore now that I don't have this completely laid out, and I don't have every next move planned, and it felt like just being wildly underprepared. Yeah, I totally agree. So, you, Brian, you actually played football. Um, do you feel like there's a noticeable difference between going out and practice and doing the plays versus... Like, oh, no, this is a game situation. The bright lights are on. People are yelling. It's like, does it feel different? It, it feels tremendously different. It, actually, Bob, as you were talking, I was remembering my first uh, high school track meet. We did that, that practice before the meet a million years ago. And uh, my coach said, okay, you're going to run the quarter mile. I'd never run a quarter mile before in my life. <laughs> and uh, That's a fun one if you're new to the 400-meter yeah. dash. Yeah, exactly. 400-meter dash at about 300 meters, I was done. <laughs> at 400 meters, I was throwing up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, you need that. You need game time, actual activity to, to prepare for game time. That's the only thing that will do it. Yeah, and Bob, you and I actually disagreed about this in 2018. I was vehemently um, in support of Matt Nagy, said, like, basically, like, hey, preseason is valueless. Like, there's no – the cost-benefit of someone getting hurt compared to um, a young quarterback in a new system being ready is not worth it. And it turns out I was very wrong. <laughs> they looked very bad for outside of that first drive and a half. And uh, I listened back on uh, Hogan Johns uh, as part of our, you know, This Week in Bears History uh, research, because that's the kind of support you get from podcasts like this. And uh, <laughs> one of the things they said was that uh, Adam Hogue was like, this is the first game where I've had a sliver of doubt that Trubisky might not be the guy. And uh, which is crazy because in week one, you think like, you know, defense isn't quite on their game either. Like everything's shaky, but I don't know, like the, the QBs just come out of camp. They don't have any injuries yet. They should be doing pretty well. It should be like, you know, honed from seven on sevens and they prep a lot for that first game. Like they should be in a good spot. Second pick overall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this guy might not quite be there. Well, it's a good thing we got that second pick, right? Oh, no. we traded How did that second pick. It was a cheap trade, though. Yeah. <laughs> we barely had to give anything to go from the third pick to the second pick. Yeah, I think Justin Fields just got being like, you guys need a break. Here you go. Like, we'll let him fall to 11 for some reason. That's <laughs> fine. There was also, yeah, no other quarterbacks in that draft. <laughs> <laughs>
Mahomes who? <laughs> we don't talk about that guy. It's it's so bummer that like the two best quarterbacks arguably in the league, or at least the most talented, are like the guy of North that like it just it boils your blood to think about him and the guy who the Bears passed on. It's like the two most personal like vendettas are like the best in the league. Like that feels unfairly bad. Yeah, I agree with you. I, unfortunately, not this. I can't say unfortunately for those two teams. They do have two, the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, but their quarterback room doesn't only cost fifteen million. <laughs> True. <laughs> I want to say they probably are about forty, but I don't know for sure. I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is at right now, but I think that's about what Mahomes is at is forty million. Yeah, I think they gave him a baseball team and said, "We're even. We're good." Yeah, yeah, something like that. And then I think what's his face is a like a celebrity host now or something. <laughs> yeah. I hope he's focusing more on that than football. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. Mahomes that gave a sports franchise, uh, the Ab North that gave a hosting gig, and yeah, they're all, everyone's square now. <laughs> okay, so this week in Bears history continuing, so that's 2016 was when uh, gold got cut. Um, 2018 this week, uh, we talked about the starters sitting out. 2017, this is kind of a weird one. Um, so they went into the season with uh, Mike Lennon as the starting quarterback. And the number one wide receiver, can anyone guess who the number one wide receiver on the depth chart was at the end of preseason 2017? I will give you so much money if you get And this is the starting number one, not just a guy in the roster. Yeah, this is hard because it's pre-Allen Robinson. Yeah, I think right. Allen Robinson is 2018. Right. It's like going from New Testament to Genesis. But <laughs> I'm just saying that old stuff. So, who was even... I'm just, I'll just tell you, because you're going to be like, what? Uh, Cameron Meredith. Oh, the, my God. <laughs> was the number one wide receiver uh, who was, an un, I think, undrafted. I was going to say, Cameron Meredith had to be, at the time, an average, like, third wide receiver, if that high. Yeah. Like, there's no reason he's a wide receiver one. <laughs> Boy, they set Glennon up for some success. <laughs> so that's why part of me is like, I mean, he got $18 million to play in four games, so... I don't think he deserves a lot of sympathy. I, I'm just shocked because the Bears had Kevin White in that draft. I, I almost know. said yeah, Kevin yeah, White. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost said number one guy. I almost said that he was going to be listed as number one because he was a first-round wide receiver and nobody else was there. I wonder <laughs> why he was listed. Yeah. Or that quickly they're like, oh, we screwed up. This <laughs> yeah. yeah. Year two or three or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Cameron Meredith was – my yeah, what I have in my notes when I looked at archive.org was that the death chart had Cameron Meredith the number one, although that third preseason game he tore his ACL. And that was pretty oh. much so that their number one wide receiver, who again was an undrafted guy, like probably unfairly put in that position to be the number one. Like, we're going to put the entire passing game on someone who uh, no team wanted like a year and a half ago. Wow. Um, so he tore his ACL, and that was pretty much the end of his career. Uh, so that's kind of where we were. So whenever I feel like. <laughs> Things are bad on offense. Are getting frustrated, Maggie. Look at that stat. And I think like you know, you go back. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, Robinson and Mooney are so much better <laughs> than that wide receiving group. Like yep. just those two are so much better than anybody that was on the team. <clears throat> Absolutely. It's it's pretty incredible. It's it reminds me more of like the 2013 Bears where they had like. You know, Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, like Martellus Bennett. Like, there's like actual people who you know their names. It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, we played football for a while and we're good. Yeah. Those. Yeah. So, those are the main notable. I mean, there's a lot of great weeks in Bears history we could have put here, but those are the ones that really jumped out to me. 
Um, so, a few games I want to play. Uh, first of all, let's do the Game Awards. The Coveted Bearweather Fan Game Awards. Um, a lot of fans have been clamoring for more of these. Um, and they showed up at my door. I'm sure they showed up at yours. So, the... <laughs> this goes um, to... Let's see. Yeah, um, Rodney Adams. Oh, yep. Yeah. So, this uh, Coveted Bearweather Fans Game Award. Uh, this is the Tanner Gentry Award for outstanding performance in a final preseason game that results in immediately getting cut. Um, this goes to our boy uh, Adams, because um, he did get cut despite being awesome in the preseason, and I feel really bad for him. Um, but yeah, Ronnie Adams got this award. Other um, esteemed winners of this award in the past were Tanner Gentry, of course, hence the name of the award. And also, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Braverman, uh, Dane Sanzenbacher, and Mike Haas, all... Um, esteem. Not my cost. <laughs> <clears throat> so, Rodney Adams, wasn't he like a mid-round pick last year or something like that? Yeah, he, he's got a weird career. My understanding, so there was um, Darius Bird and, uh, God, there's been a few guys. There's, uh, but yeah, Rodney Adams, my understanding was he was drafted a few years ago and then he left the NFL to try and become an actor. And then Got came it. back in the NFL this year. Ah, well, you know, because okay. <laughs> I feel like I heard things about him being drafted like not that long ago, and I like feel like I didn't really hear about him much, and I, I didn't know how he like make, kept making the roster, but he was still like way on the verge of making it. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, this year they did draft uh, Daz Newsome, and in the twenty twenty one draft, yes, yeah. yeah. Six, fifth, sixth round? Yeah, like pretty early. And then and everybody was hyped about it. Yeah. And until he started playing football. <laughs> so he also got waves today. Because it was the 53-man roster mm-hmm. cut. So yeah. Uh, he, uh, he, I mean, I know they have to make a lot of tough decisions. Absolutely. But, but drafting somebody and then cutting him like three months later is like a tough one to swallow. I thought about his situation exactly. Like I thought back to, man, could you imagine how pumped he was when he got drafted? Just thinking like, I made it. Right. And then now he's got to think, oh, shit. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah, like I'm sure that first call to his mom, like, I named you Daz. You should be in the NFL. Like, you got oh, cut. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe he's got a chance. I will say, like, I think the Bears, like you said, a lot of tough decisions here. First of all, they're carrying three quarterbacks where New England pulled the ballsy move to carry one overweight rookie. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. And then um, clearly the O-line we've talked about has just been in shambles. So, like, you have to keep so many people until starters get back and all this stuff. And if you're keeping all these extra guys at all these other positions, you don't have the luxury of keeping them in other position groups, especially where you're solid. And the Bears are really solid at wide receiver, so you can't just go keep six of them, or what you know, whatever the depth chart would be on some of those guys. Right. So. Yeah, they they're very thin at cornerback right now. Um, they have a lot of inside linebackers, which is weird. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it finally shakes out for what we want to be on. Um, all right, so Brian, I'm going to bring you to one more segment. Uh, all I want you to do is I'm going to show you some players, and I want you to describe um, how, you just describe what they look like. So this is the Patriots' uh, former starting quarterback, Cam Newton. So he was cut today. When you see a picture of Cam Newton, describe him to me. He looks like he was chiseled by Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that because he's tall, handsome, or jacked? Yeah, all of the above. All of the above. Okay, so that's 
That's pretty fair. Okay, now let's look at the person who they cut Cam Newton. They're now starting Mac Jones. Let's look at a shirtless picture of him. Ooh. <laughs> he looks like Mac Jones looks like a young Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Well, not quite in as good a shape. It's, it's incredible how a young Tom Brady is so much less fit than an, a 43-year-old Tom Brady. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or he figured out that it's time to stop taking the shirt off. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll say Bill Belichick uh, and Robert Kraft have a type for quarterback. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they saw all the success with Tom Brady, and they go, it's time to give it another go. <laughs> <laughs> There's a projected first-round pick that is right up our alley. <laughs> it's actually kind of incredible. Yeah, it's it's amazing. They saw, um, they saw like, the Giants draft, like, uh, Eli Manning look like. And they're like, we can do that, too. It's fine. <laughs> absolutely fine. Um, yes, that was the Tanner Gentry Award. Uh, pretty exciting. Uh, another game we're going to play before we get into the position battle. This is the over-under battle for Jason Peters. And what I want to do is I'm going to list a few notable athletes or few people involved in sports at different ages in their life. And I want you to tell me if they are over or under Jason Peters' current age. So Jason Peters is slotted as a starting left tackle for the Chicago Bears. One of the most physical positions in all sports. Uh... He's 39 years old, <clears throat> so I want to read off a few people, and you tell me if you think they are, if that age is over or under Jason Peters. You got it. Good call. So current day Jay Cutler, a man who's been retired from the NFL for several years, and is a QB. Is he over or under Jason Peters' age? I got to go over. I feel like he's right there. He's close. Um, I'm going to go under. Okay, Jay Cutler is under. He's 38 years old. Oh, that is ridiculous. <laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. Jay Cutler was an incredible athlete. Yeah, he was. I mean, he played QB. Is. Yeah, which is the most longevity in this belt. And he was athletic for QB, so you think he'd age longer. Yeah, he's younger than the Bears left tackle right now. He's five years younger than Tom Brady, and he retired like five years ago. <laughs> kind of by choice. Like, I'd say he was still an NFL caliber quarterback. Like, he didn't. Retire as a backup or on the way to a backup. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, he just wanted to spend more time with uh, whatever her face is. Yeah, like I would. Down. Yeah, he got he got the checks. <laughs> he had a couple of uh, concussions. Like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> he walked in the office. Like, I'm thinking about retirement. I'm like, Jay, you've said that three times today. <laughs> okay, <laughs> guess it's time. <laughs> Uh, he did some TV show stuff, you know. He tried to stay. He did. He's got a podcast, as a matter of fact. <laughs> really? Yeah, Jay Cutler <laughs> podcast. I heard they're followers of this podcast. That's hundred percent. They should be. <laughs> no question. <laughs> they probably they need. Hey Jay, I know you're listening. If you need tips, you give me give me a dial anytime. Happy to help out. So that was Jay Cutler. Is under Jason Peters. Next up is Matt Forte. He's been retired for far longer than Jay Cutler. Uh, I think you retired in 2015. I want to say. Oh man, running back. Yeah, yeah. they have a short, uh, short life. But he lit, he was a, he was running back for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna lose this game. <laughs> I, I, I gotta go over too. Over as well. I'm gonna go over with you on this one. He's 35. No, he's not. Oh, he's not 35 years old. Matt Forte is 35 years old. Wow. I'm so sorry. I swore he played. And Washed up at 29. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. When did he retire? Do we have that information? I think he retired in 20, 
2015 or 2016? No, because he was on John Fox's Bears. I've got to believe that also just speaks volumes about the Bears. Because just recently you talked about how in the last however long, he's like got the most receptions in Bears history <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And he didn't even make it to 30. <laughs> Is that what it is? Is it the most receptions in the last 25 years? It's like second most all time. It's something crazy. Yeah, they're receiving leaders. So we played a game last, there were two episodes ago where I was quizzing Bob's on the Bears leaders and receiving yards for the past 20 years. And the number two overall was Matt Forte. Uh, wow. Not a receiver. Yeah, all time. All time. <laughs> and didn't play till he was 30. Wow. So yeah, he was 2008 to uh, 2015 on the Bears, then played two more years for the Jets. Um, actually, uh, my trivia for the day is that um, Matt Forte was uh, recruited by uh, Brandon Marshall because Brandon Marshall said, "No, don't go to the Patriots. Like the Jets are close, man. We're we're going to be a contender." And so he's like, "Okay." And uh, then the Patriots continued going to Super Bowls because that's what they do, and the Jets <laughs> did not do that. The Jets are horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to say that Matt Forte was like the most incredible like catch receiving back out of the backfield that also managed to get tackled by shoestrings more than anybody else. I think <laughs> I've ever seen. He, I just, I think I just love him too much to hear what I just said, <laughs> but I mean, you're probably right. Um, so let's see, that was Matt Forte. Now we're going to go, it's going to get even harder. If you can believe it. So Matt Nagy. At you the can't time say that his, stuff on a podcast. <laughs> at the time of his hiring, Matt Nagy, over or under Jason Peters? I'm going to go under on that one. I'm going under as well. The head coach of the Bears? Yeah. yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a common thing nowadays. What, what, how old was uh, Sean McVay when they hired him? I swear he was 31 or something was, like that. He got him out of high school. Like yes. That. He was younger than like half the roster. It was cra- yeah. not half, but it was crazy <laughs> how many people he was younger than as the head coach. Yeah, that is absurd. Yeah, Matt Nagy was uh, 38 at the time he was hiring, turned 39 later that year. All right, how about this one? Uh, Ryan Pace at hiring. Oh, my God. There's no way. There's no way. I'm going over. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. He was 37 at the time of the hiring. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Ryan Pace was 37 years old. Yeah, but you know what? Peters, I read, like, he's got really good feet. Like, <laughs> you can't even tell that he's 39 years old. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God, he's so old. I will say, like, I thought he looked impressive in preseason, which doesn't mean a lot. But, like, I was surprised with how quick and nimble he looked on his feet for a big dude and an old dude. So, we'll see. For, just like for context, when I'm 39 years old, I'm going to have a high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> like my child will be in high school. Yeah. This person is playing in the NFL. <laughs> okay, one more. Brett Favre when he retired. Over or under? I'm going over. God, that was close. I don't know if he made it to 40. Brett Favre, God, he was so <laughs> I'm with you. I'm going to say that Minnesota season, he was 39 or something like that. So? He was 30. Let's see, make sure I have this right. He has 38 at retirement. 
For the first time around. But then, of course, he, yeah. So he was under that first retirement. Okay, under with first retirement. Yep. Did he come back and then Minnesota? Right. And then was that like 39 to 40-ish for him? Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah, because there's Jets in between there. And then, yeah, you're right, Minnesota. So, yeah, he he was well into his 40s by the time he Okay, back. that's right. Yeah, so, because yeah. I also remember when he played for Minnesota and he was like 40 years old and he... He, I still remember a pass I watched him throw, and I was like, I've never seen a Bears quarterback do that. <laughs> this man is 40 years old. He's like rolling out to his left, throws a dart at the end of the game to the back of the end zone to win the game, and I'm like, somehow we wouldn't even get the pass off. <laughs> like this wouldn't – this is not like it wouldn't be caught. Like this play wouldn't even have happened. Um, yeah. <sighs> he was good. Hall of Famer for a reason. Okay, well, that was a fun game. Huh? <laughs> Go ahead. God. <laughs> well, so we learned that our left tackle's old. <laughs> um, just tell me that he's not on a five-year contract. Oh, God. I think – so this is what's weird. He's like, you know, a probably – he's a very, like, a well-known left tackle. He's had a lot of experience. He has, like, a one-year, $2 million deal, which is like – like, man, you must really love football if you're willing to come back. For like, $2 million at that age? Yeah. Yeah, no thank you. Like, what? Like, do you have a gambling problem or what's going on mm-hmm. here? I don't know. That's, yeah. Yeah, so I don't really know what's going on, but that's pretty exciting. So anyway, that was, uh, we had some games. We had some game awards. I think we all learned a little. I think we all uh, laughed a little. Um, OB Bot, what do you think? Gentlemen, let me tell you something. Between Pace and Aggie, guys, you cannot fix stupid. And those are stupid people. (laughs) I thought we talked about how they were geniuses. <laughs> we're worried that they're geniuses, but they're geniuses. I wouldn't mess with Ob Bot. He's uh, proven scientifically to be a robot. Right, uh, right. No, I get that. I also remember the sticker price. <laughs> I mean, Jay asked for a, for one the other day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to um, make the Ob Bot as a competitor to Alexa. So if anybody you know needs a Android version of it, Red Michigan four to five callers can't tell the difference. Um, you just let us know. I'd be afraid to ask for the weather. Uh, and what's the weather? Get a raincoat. <laughs> for Our coach, you're really stupid, and you got some stupid offensive coordinators and some stupid quarterback coaches. It's right in front of you, folks. <laughs> okay, I'll get an umbrella. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's my question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> let's move on to the position battle. We're going to save QB for last because it's too easy to talk about Justin Fields for hours at time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but O-line we talked about a little bit. Um, Jason Peters looks, I think, solid for being ancient. Uh, um, I'd say he looks solid without the qualifier. I think it's a miracle that he's 39 years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, that was weird. Like, I was watching... Uh, yeah, some clips in the preseason earlier, and I thought he looked like pretty quick on his feet. I thought uh, Jermaine Effetti looked kind of slow, and I was like, "You're 27 years old, and Peters is 39. What is happening here?" Yeah, Effetti, I want to say, had the roughest preseason finale of the O line, um, which was disappointing. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I know they're trying to rotate in Larry Borum at some point. Um, I thought they want to put him at left tackle. So if Jermaine Effetti slotted to be the starting right tackle the whole season, that's going to be tough. Um, but yeah, the, the center of the, or, you know, the interior line, I think, between uh, James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, and I guess Sam Mustafer, if they stay healthy, I think that's legitimate. 
But I think, I think that's pretty good. I think Mustafer is the weakest of those three, but it's still good. Um, which is good that the inside line is good for week one. Yeah. Like, at least if Justin Fields does get pressure, it'll be uh, from the side, the blind side, you know. So that's that's where you want it. It's fine. Well, uh, right tackles his strong side, right? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, um, and it's weird the whole, like, you know, how the coaching staff got all their jitters for Borum left tackle because he came in as a right tackle. And now the right tackle is struggling, and they're like, well. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, unless they know something we don't know, and they're like, guys, Peters is 39. He's about <laughs> to die. Yeah. We have so, a life insurance policy yes, on him. Yes. So. For more than $2 million. <laughs> this was actually all They're going to make money. <laughs> well, yeah, so that, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I just uh, keep having PTSD flashbacks to that one terrifying hit that Fields took in week, oh preseason week two from his right side. So I'm like, man, if the right tackle screws up, that's... Uh, not going to be fun for anybody. I see where you came from on blind side, though. Like, for Justin Fields, like, that's not your blind side, and your head got taken off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he was looking to the left for the read, but still, that's, yeah. I, I'm, I still have a headache from that hit. Yeah. Um, fun trivia fact um, his helmet flew farther than Cody Parkey's average kick. So, yeah, I, that's an incredible stat. Yeah, you gotta really, it is incredible. You gotta really dig through the depths of the internet, through the bowels, to find that kind of statistic. Yeah. Now, did, did I make that up? Like, no, sixty hey. percent of statistics are made one hundred percent of the time. Uh, so let's, yeah, right. Uh, they work every time. Okay, uh, let's look at cornerbacks. So they had to cut Kyle Fuller this off season, which it hurts to talk about. We're gonna move past it. Yeah, um, why? Well, just because he's good. Uh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> cornerback. So, starting cornerback slated for right now. And their 53-man roster, the initial cut, was only three cornerbacks in the entire roster. That is not enough. <laughs> so, even, like, because you play nickel a lot, so you need five defensive backs. <laughs> so, there's a real chance, if they went in there with this, they would just have no subs for an entire field. Yeah, anyway, they won't do that. That's fine. So, the starting corners right now are Jalen Johnson and Kendall Vildor. Uh, Kendall Vildor is my guy. I think he's going to be great. Uh, Jalen Johnson, I think, was a rookie last year and was good before his uh, like his uh, shoulder kind of disintegrated. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but it'll be interesting to see who they sign off waiver wire. Yeah, I feel like those two are fine. I don't want to say too much more than that. Like I don't have a ton of confidence in that group, but I yeah. don't. If those two are healthy, I'm okay with it at least right now. I feel better with Kyle Fuller. <clears throat> yeah. It's kind of like um, in 2012 Bears where the defensive line was so good that the safeties were allowed to be pretty bad. And then, like, they weren't really exposed until the defensive line and, like, linebackers started to struggle. And then it's like, oh, no, we had Chris Conti back there for, like, five years. And nobody noticed how bad he was until, like, 2013 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, if your defensive line is generating enough pressure and the QB doesn't have time to, like, pass, like, you're going to hide a lot of mistakes in your secondary. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel, I mean, it's obviously the exact same story with corners. Like, if you don't give them a clean break on their first move, you just bought the D-line an extra second to get to the quarterback. Yeah. But if you're just getting blown up on every, like, slant, you know, or, like, three yard in, you're done. (sighs) Yeah, I think that's going to be the recipe to attack the Bears this season. It's like, all right, throw in the flat, throw in these quick slants, like... Mm -hmm. Just, uh, yeah. Because then, the, I mean, 
then the line gets tired. It's tough to just win sprint when the ball's out in one second. It's so deflating. Like you didn't yeah. get a chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that kind of stinks. Um, I did, was there any news that besides waiver wire, I thought like they were so high on some of the safeties. I don't know if they were thinking about throwing safeties in as backup. Like, I don't know, like yeah. nickel, nickel corners or whatever. I don't know. Um, I just, I felt like that was some of the stuff I was hearing. Like they were so high on some of the safeties. They felt like they couldn't cut them, but then if you have way too many safeties and not enough corners is the thought that, you throw a safety in at a nickel corner type spot. Not like, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. That'll be interesting. My understanding right now is of course, free safety is Eddie Jackson, the strong safety to Sean Gibson senior. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, like I think Deandre Houston Carson is still on the roster. Um, Yeah. That's what I thought too. So it's like Jalen Johnson. And I thought there was another one. Yeah. So I think Jalen Johnson is slotted at starting corner outside or opposite Kendall. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, Duke Shelley, did he stay on the team? Because he's been a guy for a minute. Yeah, I don't. Maybe they didn't. Um, yeah, I think he's still on the team, which would be cool. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Because, like, especially Duke Shelley and uh, DeAndre Houston-Carson are two, like, Swiss Army Knife guys. Yeah, around. like, they're pretty solid. And yeah. I guess, like, it just would be weird that in formations where you play three corners and two safeties, that you'd keep three corners and four safeties. Right. But if those safeties are that good, like you could throw them in, mm-hmm. like, especially if, you know, if you're not like the primary outside corner, that's, I don't know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So it's the interesting cornerback battle. I think that's going to be like the battle to watch outside of O-line this year. It's like, all right, if the O-line holds up and the corners hold up, like this is a, this is a strong team. And if they don't, then they're in trouble. Um, we're it's just both sides of the ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, one kind of weird statistic that I wanted to look at. You know, I'm going to say this for QBs. We're going to move on. So let's talk about running backs. Um, Tariq Cohen, it was a little bit hush-hush, but it sounded like he did have a second surgery, which you and I talked about a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah, he does not look like he's even walking right. Like, he's not going to play attempt soon. Right. But So he apparently had a second surgery maybe recently, and uh, he is not playing anytime soon. So the running back room looks to be David Montgomery. Uh, they have the new guy, Khalil Herbert, who is also kick returning during the preseason. Um, I'm trying to remember who else is there. Um, outside of that, I think, I mean, I think that's the main. Yeah. Those are the guys. Yeah. And I'd say like, it seems like a David Montgomery until he busts a big run and he's a little breather. Yeah, seriously. Like he's a three down back and he's the guy. And when he, if he runs all over you for a little bit and he's gassed, you throw in the reserve until he catches his wind and then you put it back in because it doesn't seem to be very close in terms of a position battle. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like, um, do you guys remember the Keith trailer pick where he like runs like 30 yards and they're like, all right, give this guy some oxygen. Oh, Let's right. go. Yeah, yes. yeah. It, that's exactly what I thought of. Like, <laughs> I just, I mean, so often, like, you know, they, they run hard so many plays in a row and they just look over and they're like, yeah, I, I could use one. Like, <laughs> There was one, I think you and I were watch, playing, watching this together, but like in 2017, I think it was, yeah, Trubisky's like rookie year when Jordan Howard was still on the team. And the team was pretty terrible. And uh, they like were just playing for themselves, basically. And they were like, end of the season. It was like the day after New Year's or whatever. 
And uh, Jordan Howard was like in a good game, breaking out some good runs. And you see him like run over the sideline, like mid game, and just hurl into the garbage can and go back on the field. Like, hi, right. yeah, you know, you're 21, it's New Year's, whatever. It's funny. Oh, God. No, he's just tired. It's like that 400 meter dash for Brian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. 300 meters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. So, yeah, running backs will be interesting. We pretty much know it's, it's the David Montgomery show. Um, linebackers, this is a little bit weird. So, of course, last season was Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan. Danny Trevathan just got put on the injured reserve today. I saw that. So, that's crazy. Um, I know. Joel, you know, Iggy, yay, Puniwe is like, of course, special teamer, but maybe they think he's going to go in. I don't, yeah, I don't really know who the starting uh, inside linebacker is going to be. I don't remember, but the thing that I saw that popped up when I saw that today was so high on the other inside linebacker, whoever it was, that they were saying that, and maybe it's Iggy or whatever his name is, and yeah. they, they were saying that Trevathan may not earn a spot back. Oh, is this a safe face? Like, no, you're injured. Right. And I was like, well, but I was like, if he's not earning a spot back, I was like, I thought he was like a pretty solid starter. Me too. And uh, they were talking about like this other guy, like Christian he was. Jones. There you go. Yeah. They were saying like he was better in coverage and all this stuff. And that like, it's, it's almost stuff. like Trevathan won't come back. And it was like, oh, well, that's, uh, you know. It, I mean, they're they're seeing more than we're seeing, but if there's a guy that's better, I don't, I'm not. I mean, I feel bad for the guy that is hurt, or like you said, saving face, but um, it's not as detrimental if there's somebody that's serviceable in there. And I feel like we've been very fortunate for a lot of years. We've put in some linebackers that have been very serviceable, even when they're like not that good. Somehow <laughs> they're still good, like. What was his name? Like Kwiatkowski or yeah, whatever? Nick Kwiatkowski. Yeah. And then like he got a decent contract after playing like surprisingly well. And then I don't think he's really done anything since. It's got to be easier right. playing behind like Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and stuff. Right. Just because they take all the bodies. But <laughs> but he like looked fine. Yeah. I mean, last year he only played 12 games. Yeah. He was a Bears guy through 2019. And uh, he, like what you're saying, struggled in like pass coverage, I thought, where he was like a really good linebacker, inside linebacker for like run blocking. But it was almost like, all right, this guy's younger, but Trevathan is better in like pass, you know, pass coverage. And that's what really what you need in the modern NFL. Um, they had that one game where um, Roquan was, as the Packers uh, week one, and like Roquan wasn't quite Indian. And uh, like basically, um, Aaron Rodgers saw that Nick Wachowski was in and was lined up against the receiver and just went to no huddle, so the Bears couldn't call substitution. Just picked on him the rest of the game for an easy touchdown. And it's like, yeah, like, I don't know. They can do that when you're not that great in pass coverage. That's, like, kind of the number one requirement, even when you're a linebacker now. Um, speaking of that, do you know who's, like, the number one pass coverage linebacker in something like the entire NFL? Is it Roquan? I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> something like that. Like, I'm willing to believe that. Yeah, um, so... I didn't uh, see the chart, so this stat means as much as everything else that I say on here. But uh, somebody should like said they saw like uh, a pro football focused like scatter plot of like um, like making the play in your gap as a linebacker on one axis and um, pass coverage on the other axis. So basically, where you run versus pass, mm -hmm. and he was like so far and away like an anomaly because he was good at both. Oh, and wow. he was only like 
pretty good at stopping the run, but he was so good in pass coverage and being able to stop the run at all as that good of a pass coverage linebacker. He was like a complete unicorn. That's awesome. And it was awesome. It was like exactly what you would want. That's so cool, man. Yeah, pass coverage first, but could still do both. Yeah, he, yeah he's exciting. He's like one of uh, – I know he got like a weird start in his career because he like took a while to – uh, sign his contract and then like went on to miss time kind of weird ways but um he's been awesome ever since like he's yeah if he had just started his career clean people would like unequivocally love him especially mm-hmm. being a chicago bears linebacker like it's such a fun thing mm-hmm. but yeah inside linebacker um let's see i guess let's see any other positions you want to talk about the other ones we kind of know but we can move on to qb anybody else have anything to say uh, i did pull up I did pull up uh, this chart, linebacker metrics from 2020. So allowed, uh, like, the earned yards per play, basically. And um, there's also a run-stop win rate, like if it's your gap. And uh, so Danny Trevathan is slightly above average with run-stop, but he is far below average with pass protection really unfortunately hmm. um, for like I think it's starting uh, inside linebackers Roquan Smith Roquan Smith is number one in pass coverage wow that's absurd mm-hmm. and he's like right on average for run stop wow. but like he's better than half the guys that stop in the run and he is the best in pass coverage according to this that's absurd man I love it it's amazing. He's so he's so fast too. He's so fast. He's like what twenty six now, twenty five. He's still yeah. pretty young. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know Danny Trevathan was thirty one, so he's getting to that thirty nine threshold <laughs> we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I want to say Roquan was drafted in twenty eighteen. I think. Okay. But, um, yeah, he, you're right. Yeah, he's so quick and yeah. I, again, like it was a point of contention with like Nick Kukowski versus Danny Trevathan because Danny was older, but um, I always was impressed by his pass coverage prior to last year. I think last year was the first year. Especially the first few games, I was like, oh no, Danny Trevathan's washed up. But yeah. who knows? Maybe with a little bit better conditioning, he'll be ready to play the back nine of the season. I don't know. Yeah, Roquan's only 24. <laughs> That's absurd. Yeah, 24. That's like um, Eddie Goldman Like went into the NFL so young. Every time I look at him, I'm like, wait, that's how old you are? Like that... That can't be right. So, because Eddie Goldman has been playing for so long, and he's 27 years old. Jesus! <laughs> wow. Like he's been playing since 2015. I was uh, I was worried when he just didn't show up at uh, training camp. <laughs> you know, last year took the year off, you know, for COVID, and, and uh, but boy, he now that last game, he looks he looks great. He looks like yeah. Eddie Goldman ought to look. I love how they tested him for like one down. Yeah, like, all right, he's still good. Yeah, Take him out. <laughs> I'd say that's a guy that you could maybe pass on a preseason, but but like a rookie quarterback or like a new offense or yeah. like there's certain things you can't. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I also think even though they gave you know Justin Fields a bunch of snaps and they gave um, Andy Dalton snaps to like get ready. I feel like they didn't. Like, <laughs> they did for me and a lot of casual viewers. Yeah. But we talked about this last week. He didn't throw to any 
top three receivers. Right, Allen Robinson didn't play. Yeah, or yeah. top tight end, or like what? What kind of rhythm are you getting in? Yeah, you're gonna throw to sure. nobody that's on the field in week right. one. Yeah, so that's no rhythm whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Like. I mean, I guess the quarterback got the read, and that was about it. But, like, yeah, not a single top skill position player. And it's like, uh, I mean, okay, you better be confident. The only thing he needed help with was making the right read. Yeah. Because uh, no continuity there. Well, none of these guys are rookies either, though. You know, Agreed, agreed. Yeah, they can't. Except for Justin Fields. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably the main reason why he's not going to be starting the the first – game of the season is um it's not you know welcome to the nfl preseason is great but you know uh, i don't know if they're ready to put all their chips in his basket for the first game and i i think it's a little controversial but i i'm okay with not playing in the first game out of the out of the gate okay i said this i actually think andy dalton is a very good quarterback that is serviceable to win that game and not just like as a game manager i think he's actually good at football um, I think Justin Fields is good too, but I think we saw in the preseason he, there are things he's missing. Like when he got his head taken off, he's lucky that wasn't a starting outside linebacker that also would have forced a fumble and not gotten a flag. Mm-hmm, right. And it's like you, if you miss coverages like that, that's going to lose the game. That's Even costly. though he could win the game, he could lose the game on plays that are like you didn't know to slide over. And now we talked about like he corrected those things, but there's so many of those things yeah. that like – I hope he could get worked out before it's game action like we talked about. Like, Hopefully he can get some of these reps before it's just thrown into the fire and it costs games because in the NFL you have to win, right? And there's right. only so many losses you can have in the season and have a good season and go to the postseason all that. One thing I thought was so weird, and I want your guys' opinion on this, I saw that as Andy Dalton is the starter, in practice, right now for two weeks leading up to Miami, Justin Fields is running scout team. So he is running the Miami offense to prepare the Bears' defense. And in my brain, I don't understand why Nick Foles is not running the scout team offense and Justin Fields is splitting first-team reps. Like, why is the rookie quarterback not learning Chicago Bears football and instead he's learning Miami's (laughs) plays for this week? Right. Like – well, like, what? One of the things they talk about, like Cutler's demise, and who knows, but they're like, oh, yeah, he switched offensive coordinators like every year of his career, and he never had any stability with the system he was trying to learn. Correct. And then you get your rookie quarterback like, learn a new system every week. It's fine. Right. Like, and, and <laughs> like poorly or whatever, but like, yeah. even if you say like it's not detrimental, he's certainly not getting better at the Bears' offense. No. He's certainly getting no reps with any of the Bears' actual receivers. Like, if you're going to run scout team and you have three quarterbacks, have the veteran Nick Foles, who has no chance of playing, right. run the other team's offense and let Justin Fields learn the Bears' offense. Right. Like, if Andy Dalton gets hurt, they're throwing Fields in, who has no Bears' reps. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, I, I, yeah. I mean, I just worry that. Fools isn't qualified to run a scout team. Like, do you know what his resume is? Is he a young guy? No, he's like, yeah, yeah he's right. like probably the most overpaid yeah. scout team. No, for sure. <laughs> the most overqualified. I mean, scout Super Bowl team. MVP, played for a bunch of teams, and like, right. has been a backup like his whole career. Yeah, like has done this role. Justin Fields, everyone knows, is going to be the quarterback for, if not this year, which I think we all think it'll be this year, but if not this year, the next decade is the hope. 
Yeah. And Nick Foles is being shopped around as we speak. Right. He should be learning the Miami offense for this week. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, a, it's tough to argue with. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> Coach, Nagy, come on. Because yeah. <laughs> what's, what's flabbergasting to me is that the reason you sign like an old vet who there's no future in, like they're kind of expensive, the reason you do that is because they don't need as much prep as a typical rookie. It's like, hey, the rookie needs to be developed, and the pro, the veteran, is someone you can kind of throw out there, and they have NFL experience. So in theory, you don't need to develop them. So then if you take all those precious reps and – especially with the modern NFL where the rules are so strict on how many reps you can have in practice and how many pads, like you do not get very many reps and to spend those precious reps. Like this is all we get towards uh, a veteran who's not going to be on the team next year. It's like a tough one to swallow. It's like throwing your money away, you know? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I mean, I think Vegas has it on game four and a half. Start prepping him now. <laughs> Are we going to start prepping him for Chicago offense in week four when we decide to start him in week five? Right. I can tell you how that's going to look in week five. It's going to look like 2018 when we didn't need the preseason. <laughs> I think the all-time great as far as like bad QB development was uh, when Trubisky was a rookie. He was in the John Fox system, which is just like just whatever you feel that day. You have some old slogan about <laughs> having a pet monkey and you throw him out there, but... Um, so they thought, hey, Trubisky needs to earn his way up. Like, it doesn't matter that we spent a first or a second round pick on him. Like, sorry, second overall pick. Um, and so they had him on the third team, like, during the summer camp, which gets almost no reps. And so they were like, you need to work your way up. But also, you like, they like basically didn't see their second overall pick play, like, the first several weeks of camp. Like, what are we doing? Like, just, you know what this guy's going to be. Just put him in there. Like, stupidity. Absolute stupidity. It's yeah, that one is like just tough to defend. But I mean, I'm not an expert. Let's let's turn to one. Um, Obi Bob, what do you think? <laughs> They're keeping that fool, that absolute fool. Can't argue there. No, you can't. Okay, so I guess we're talking QB. How? Let's give our over unders. When do you think Justin Fields goes in starting quarterback for the Bears? Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to hold off the the Bears fan base. I think for just peer pressure, they're, gonna, <laughs> they're probably going to go maybe week four. Week four, okay. Bob, what do you got? I'm looking at their schedule. Hold on. <laughs> so yeah, obviously we talked about Rams week one is a team you don't want to debut QB against. Although Trubisky to be debuted against the Rams in 2017. But well, you know, I, having said that about the week four, if it's 0 and two. Then I'm going week three. <laughs> See, but I don't think they'll be on two because they have the Bengals in week two. Oh. So that's why I was saying it looks to me like potentially 0-1, then 1-1 one one after they beat the Bengals. Browns is going to be tough, maybe 1-2. <laughs> Lions, we should win 2-2. Two two. So, like, Dalton could stay. Like, if they're 2-2, two two, I think he's still in. Oakland, I don't know how I feel about them. Who's their quarterback now? Is it still Derek Carr? Yeah, Derek yeah. Carr with Marcus Mariota on the bench. Okay, I mean, if we win that game, I think um, he's he's starting still. The the stretch that's gonna just re like just destroy is we do have uh, Green Bay followed by Tampa Bay mm. for weeks six seven. Okay. Now I don't know if you like are like if you're doing okay. Do you just keep Dalton in for those weeks and let him get abused, um, or do you? I don't know. Like I think I think we're doing okay. I'm gonna go ahead and say he's the week eight starter. Oh I'm going man! All the way out there. Out on the oh way. my god! Wow. I'm going way on the over, even though I want the under. 
that's I think that's prudent of you, very coach-like, to uh, go against what you want in favor of what you think is real. Uh, I I think it's week three. I think I mean last season we saw Matt Nagy bench Trubisky so early and put in like a less talented QB with less future of the team. It's like I I don't totally understand how Nagy's gears work, and I may never, but I I think. S- Seeing things like that, and then him bench that QB later in the season, it's like, he is, as soon as he feels like he looks foolish, I think, or, you know, as soon as he feels like the offense is sputtering, I feel like he's going to bench. I I totally hear you. And I also, like, the thing that is, I'm sure, misguided in my information is the fact that I think they want Dalton for the beginning of the, like, the development of Justin Fields. Because, to your point, like, He's made decisions where I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> when, did, when did he bench Trubisky a couple years ago? Or wh- how was it game three? Yeah, it's the Falcons. When, it, when the yeah. Bears were like 3-0. <laughs> right, yeah. He had done nothing but winning football games and he got benched. Yeah. And then they lost like two out of – they won like two out of six or something. Yeah. All of a sudden they're 500 and then he goes back in. You're like, right. Mitchell Trubisky has done nothing but win games this year. <laughs> Like how are how are we five hundred? Right. And they're like, oh, you benched him intentionally. <laughs> you right. did this by choice. <laughs> and now the offense was not good, and the games were winnable games. But it was one of those things where it was like, the alternative was not good. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I'm putting too much faith in the like the word of like we're gonna let him develop a little because I also fundamentally don't understand like if it's me. He's the starting quarterback week one, and you handle the whole preseason differently. You play him more reps. You play him first-team reps Mm -hmm. all camp, Mm -hmm. and you prepare him for week one instead of what seems like we're going to slow play him along and then throw him into the fire way before he's ready. And you congratulate Andy Dalton for getting a nice paycheck (laughs) as a, you know, holder. I'll say also Andy Dalton was there pre-fields pick. For sure. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I don't know that they pay him $10 million if they have fields. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, like, they needed a quarterback, and then where they were in the draft, it didn't necessarily look like there would be one. And then a bunch of teams made mistakes and gave us a chance. So, yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. So, we've established that Ryan Pace has a life insurance policy out on Jason Peters. Do you think Ryan Pace also has a thing for giving money to redheads? <laughs> There's definitely value in there. <laughs> there is, and I mean, if he, if he's got that, he's probably a better person to ask than the single income teacher you asked earlier on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to your point, Maggie's benching of Trubisky for Foles and vice versa is fascinating. I, I'm not an expert, but I know someone who is. Obibot, what do you got? Just look at what Pace has done with the monies involved and his drafts and his free agents. My God. And then take a look at Nagy. What the hell? <laughs> That's wisdom. <laughs> it's just wisdom. You only get that with experience. You know? Yeah, it's amazing how he says so much without saying anything at all. Yeah. It's a poet. It's he poetry. Is. He is. It's those grumbles and those growls that really get me going. (laughs) Well, we are lucky to have them, as always. 
Yeah. Um, well, for eight hundred for eight point six million dollars. <laughs> right. We did spend eight point six million dollars in development R and D to make uh, Edo Bradabot, but you know that's how it goes. Um, so, one thing I wanted to turn your eyes to that I found super fascinating is uh, the Ringer came out with an article um, after Patrick Mahomes like took the world by storm, had an astonishing first year of a starter, and uh, just kind of talking about how there's this every team goes in hoping to get this franchise savior as a quarterback. And no matter what the awards your team is, the higher their pick is. And so you get like, you know, Andrew Luck, a generational talent, the best QB people have seen in a decade and a half. And he goes to the absolute worst team that people have seen in about that long. And so you have this weird juxtaposition of the most talented QBs going to the worst teams. And that they're usually worse for a reason. Like teams that generally tend to stay bad, have bad systems, bad, you know, all that stuff. Whereas, the Patriots are a model of success, and there are other teams like the Steelers or Seahawks who tend to always have pretty respectable programs. You have teams that uh, just don't, like the Browns being historically inept franchise. Um, and so one thing that I found fascinating was that uh, this Ringer article um, was saying that, and if you take every uh, QB taken in the first 10 picks of the last 30 years, there has been one who has won a Super Bowl with its team. Isn't that crazy to me? That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wait, how many years? Um, let me make sure I have this right. Uh, it's either twenty or thirty, but I'm so sure. long time. Yeah. I forget. Is it Patrick Mahomes? Was he tenth? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. There have been more than fifty quarterbacks drafted. So this is uh, courtesy of the Ranger from 2021. Uh, NFL quarterbacks: Nature versus Nurture. Uh, talking about uh, Trevor Lawrence, and said, uh, there have been more than 50 quarterbacks drafted in the top 10 in the past 30 years. I'm sorry, only three have led their teams to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning, and Eli Manning. Hmm. So, I guess, yeah, three. And two of them are from Man. Man. <laughs> Yeah, which they feel like an asterisk. Yeah. yeah, so Patrick Mahomes is the only non-Manning in 30 years drafted in the top 10 to take his team to the Super Bowl. So, like, we talk so much about a quarterback being the franchise savior, but if anything, that's, like, the extreme exception. If you're taking a quarterback in the top ten, it means you're almost destined to not win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Which is why I'm glad Justin Fields was at 11. Yeah. Right. The, the thing that's weird about Mahomes, and we talk about him too much, but I'm a fan of his game. He's really fun to watch. Is, like, Peyton Manning took his team to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl, but... It was not for so long. He played for 800 years. Like, <laughs> his team was horrible for a really long time. And yeah. it wasn't until, like, a Hall of Fame, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. My opinion is actually probably the greatest quarterback of all time. It took him, like, 10 years or whatever right. it was, or more. Like, the whole team shifted out. He was the only player left, right. probably. Right, right. And that's when they won. Right. And, like, Patrick Holmes did in, like, year three or two were like, how did you, and he wasn't first overall, he was 10th. So it was more middle of the road team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, I, yeah, a quick side note on that. I saw something that said uh, that and this was cool. It said Justin Fields has the makings of being the biggest steal in the NFL draft, like in the last 20 years. Hmm. And I was like, that's that's a bold claim. Yeah. Keep talking. Like, right. since, <laughs> since Patrick Mahomes was taken 10th. Yeah. And he's an MVP, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Like, well, that means he's 
as good as Patrick Mahomes yeah, is yeah. the only way to be a bigger steal <laughs> one pick later. I was like, well, I'd be happy if Justin Fields is an MVP next year and Super Bowl MVP two years later. It's funny. No one was talking about what a genius uh, Andy Reid is until Patrick Mahomes showed up in Kansas oh my City. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, Andy Reid, man, he's a wizard. Yeah, and I'll say to... Yeah, to the Chiefs' defense, like the year prior when Patrick Holmes wasn't starting in 2017, um, they did like go into the playoffs and Alex Smith, the QB, had a, a career year. And they're like, oh my gosh, like, I wonder what Alex Smith has done to completely revamp his career and have all these deep threats. And it's like, oh no, this has been outrageously talented offense. Like, yeah. And so then, I, I know it's like a combination of things. Like, oh, no doubt. Patrick Mahomes is an incredible QB, but like that offense is ridiculous. Absolutely. Like, nuclear power. Arsenal of weapons. Very good coach who's gone through all the learning curves and all the bumps and bruises to actually get that Super Bowl. Because I think that was his first, right? Oh, yeah. I guess so. Um, and, but, like, I don't know. I just, yeah, he's still really good. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, all right. So we talked about most of the positions of notes. We can talk about Justin Fields for another 30 hours, and maybe we should. But let's uh, move on. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, we can talk about QBs forever, and I think it's super interesting. But I think it's probably time to go deep. Let's look ahead in the roster. Let's look ahead in the schedule. What we think is going to happen, let's start with week one. So we've already given our over-unders for when Justin Fields starts. But this next game, week one, uh, against the Rams, with Andy Dalton as a starting QB, and uh, question mark at starting right tackle, and... Uh, Two guys at starting quarterbacks. What do we think is going to happen? You want to go first? <laughs> I already gave you my. my <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going Bears on that. Actually, I'm probably the wrong guy to have these. I'm going Bears like in every game. So, <laughs> so, so hold on. Is the question who do we want? To win? Uh, you know, dealer's choice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So so. <laughs> Brian wants the Bears to win. <laughs> Who knew? And I also want the Bears to win, but oh I do not God. think they I do not think they will win. I think they will lose week one. Yeah. I think the Rams are well coached. I think they're loaded with talent. And I think they upgraded a quarterback. So I think they were a quarterback away from being like legitimate contenders. And then they got, even though I don't like him, a good quarterback. Um, and I think the Bears' offense is full of holes. I think they've done nothing to prepare for this game, and I feel like I've seen this story before. <laughs> We're going to go potentially watch one decently orchestrated drive and then go, what is going on? <laughs> and i got to believe Peters is going to get tired. Mm. Like, I think he looked good. Yeah. I think he did his thing for some of a football game. Yeah. I think that uh, that's going to be a long game for 39-year-old likes. Yeah. And I know – I'm sorry. I'm interrupting your game no, prediction. No, you're good. So I know typically they do this with defensive line where they constantly rotate people in to stay fresh, but this never happens in the offensive line. But I think they will be rotating in the left tackle and be like, all right, Larry Borum, go out there for a few snaps. Like, all right, Jason, you're in for this drive. Like, get him out of the retirement home. Yeah. But – uh so can I ask you, this is a slight tangent. Uh, so Sean McVay said he's very well coached for the Rams. Uh, where do you rate him amongst the top NFL coaches? Like, is he top two, top five? That's hard for me. I 
you know, I was really on the Sean McVay bandwagon like three years ago. Like I thought he was destined to be like one of the top, you know, like the new guy. And then he lost a little bit of that luster for me last year. I think because he got in like some of the drama. It might have been because of the quarterback stuff with him and Goff not always getting along or whatever. Gotcha. But I also just don't know if Goff is that good. So like I could see frustrations but like being real there. Um, I think he's probably in my top ten. I don't know if I could say top five. Gotcha. There's some really good NFL coaches right now. It's true. Um so, yeah, I'm yeah. going to probably say in the 5 to 10 range is where I would put him. Nice. So part of why I bring this up is because Andy Dalton, like, is a veteran quarterback. He's been around for over a decade. And the one problem you have with that is the book is already written on how to defeat them. It's like he's been around long enough. Every coach has seen enough tape on them that they know how to attack his specific weaknesses. Like with Jay Cutler, it's like, okay, he's not going to check it down. Like, he's going to try and fit the ball in. Like, oh, we just have to, like, pressure him. And, uh, you know, double-team, you know, Brandon Marshall and wait for him to make a mistake. Um, with Andy Dalton, from what I've noticed looking at his previous tape, is he tends to make good, like, audibles and adjustments at pre-snap reads. But if the defense switches between the snap and their final alignment, like, they show one thing, they snap and they switch to another thing, it confuses the hell out of them. And he, like, almost never adjusts in real time. So he'll, like... They'll show one high safety, and he'll be like, oh, great, now one of these corner routes or one of these um, you know, deep post routes will be good. And then he'll uh, throw where that should be open, but the safety is rotated to cover two, you know, too deep, and he'll get picked off, and it'll look really terrible. Like, what was he doing? But So for whatever reason, he has a really hard time with that, and Sean McVay, I think, is a good enough coach that he uh, is, like, planning an entire defensive scheme around just, like, shifting constantly. So I think we're going to see the Rams' defense – Constantly showing one thing, and then as soon as the ball snaps, switching to something else, and Andy Dalton's going to look uh, very dumb, even though he's not a dumb guy and he's not a bad quarterback, I don't think. Yeah, no, that's a good call. You know who was really good at making the adjustment, and when they changed the adjustment, making a new adjustment? <laughs> Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Did uh, <laughs> ever stop calling audibles? Yeah. Oh, you're going to go to that? Okay, we're going to do this. I don't care. You change it? I'll change it. I swear, him and Erlacher just yelled at each other. <laughs> hey! Stop changing it. <laughs> no, it'll be an interesting test the first game because, you know, preseason is practice. They, they do their routes and do their drills, and we, you just don't know, you know. So mm -hmm. it, it'll it'll be a really interesting game. I know Rams are heavy favorites, but... <laughs> are they? Yeah, they, they actually are. <laughs> so, so, Brian, what's your final score? My final score? Yeah, if you had call a score, you, you picked the Bears, I remember. Yeah, I, I'm going 23-10. Uh, uh, oh, wow, big Bears. Okay. All right. Patrick, did you, do you want to pick this game? <laughs> Man, I don't know. There's so many question marks. It doesn't mean it's guaranteed failure. It just means question marks. Like, I was looking through that the, the Bears' offensive stats from a couple of years. And uh, one of their best years offensively was 2013, where they had two rookies starting on their offensive line. So already right there, you're like, oh, those are two question marks. They just ended up panning out. So like having a young, unproven guy isn't guaranteed disaster. It's just guaranteed question mark. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Um, yeah, the right tackle really bothers me. The corners could be good. And I think Matthew Stafford combined with uh, yeah, the Rams playbook 
I don't know what it is even going to look like. Is Matt Stafford such like an off book, like, you know, run out of the pocket and chuck it. Like, it doesn't seem like he would mesh with that. And maybe he will. I don't know. I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. I think I'm going to pick the Bears. Why not? Yeah. I'm going to say uh, 24-21 Bears. There you go. Oh, nice. <laughs> if it's a close game, might as well pick the Bears. Yeah. Yeah, yeah see, so I'm going to go not a close game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go 31-10. Oh, and just so you know, whooping. I am pulling so hard to be wrong and i'm also like just setting the bar so low that i can be excited if it's a good game at least i can be like you know what i thought we were gonna lose by three touchdowns spoken like a true Bears fan mm-hmm. but but yeah no like between like to your point mcveigh causing adjustments and then who's the one on the back end of that oh yeah jalen ramsey and all pro and then on the line causing the pressure to force the pass decision aaron donald and all pro like i do not like how this looks and i just don't have the confidence on let's be honest to your point either side of the ball i think that our o-line is a question mark i think our quarterback's fine um i think our receiving core is very good uh i think our running back is good but I think running, I think having good talent guys is not nearly enough. Um, and then on defense, I am worried in a few places as well. Uh, I could be wrong on a lot of those worries, mm-hmm. but I will. I'll be happy if I'm wrong about this. But I'm just afraid that it's not going to be close. Yeah. So what I will say, and I want to roof the Bears, but I will say is Matt Nagy as the offensive coach. Like I know he's head coach, but mostly controls the offensive side of the ball. The Bears at their peak were, um, I think, 15th overall ranked in offense for the first like five or six weeks of his first year. And they've steadily declined every week since then. So they've been bottom five for almost two straight years. And I know that's not entirely coaching, um, but they have switched around a lot of people and that part hasn't changed. And uh, specifically with running, it's like the, the run game has really struggled with him. And I have to think some of that's just play design. And, and maybe it is just the quarterback, you know, Trubisky was making the wrong reads. He wasn't able to call audibles adjustments like um, like a seasoned veteran like full, uh, yeah, Andy Dalton and maybe a smart guy like Fields Will. So maybe that will strangely affect things. So if that's something we see where a veteran comes in and suddenly the run game is booming, that would be great. But um, I don't know. There's a lot. I I don't have that faith. I, yeah. Especially I the Rams. I felt like... Like, uh, Maggie was gimmicky in the beginning and it worked because no, like you said, nobody had tape on him. Right. And then the second people were like, oh, that's what you do. Like our, our skill positions are really good. Like our tight end wide receiver combos. I think a lot of people consider like top five in the NFL and you're going to have skill guys like that and be a bottom five offense. Like when you're a bottom five offense, you look at you look around and you go, well, we got that guy off the street last week when we're throwing to him. Yeah, yeah. That's Cameron not Meredith. the case. We have major players and we can't we can't do anything on the offensive side of the ball. That's actually part of the reason also why I said ten. Because that's a pretty low team total. Yeah. Uh, and that's the confidence I have right now. You I think, sure hope I'm wrong. Yeah, you think Allen Robinson alone would be a get into top fifteen free card where it's like, oh, oh yeah, yes. right. yeah, you're now top half of the league. Absolutely. <laughs> like so good. <laughs> Just gets open, makes plays. Yeah. Doesn't really matter though, somehow. Well, I think that's about all I have to say. Does anybody else have anything to say before we wrap up? 
No, it was a lot of fun, guys. I appreciate you letting me sit in on your, your podcast, and uh, I'm happy to be a, become a loyal listener. Oh, that's great. So the fee, again, is 600 bucks. You can pay that at the door. <laughs> that's uh, right. No problem. Um, Coach Bobby, have anything before we head out? Um, no, I'll let you just do uh, the COVID plug, which I will second. Yeah, so uh, if anyone is not vaccinated yet or considering getting vaccinated, just uh, go to the CDC website. There's also a, a CDC hotline where they can talk to you toll-free anytime, 24 hours a day. Um, about any questions or concerns you have about the COVID vaccine, uh, we implore you to um, get the vaccine. <laughs> to get vaccinated, you'll be saving the lives of your loved ones, the people around you, and uh, it's super great. Can't recommend it enough. All right. Thanks for listening.